Hello, how are you all doing? Episode 4, You're Not Listening, coming up right now. We chat about people who go to gigs, people who get drunk and go to gigs and chat. We talk about the time Mary ran away from home when she was, I think, 17. We also talk about doing the best with what we've been given or what we have. We talk about booze. I didn't talk much about my booze, but I did a bit too, but not as much as Mary. She always beats me. Um, Relationship dynamics and more. And we sing a weak heart like mine. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, We are getting such amazing feedback. Word of mouth seems to be the thing. So if you can tell your friends about the podcast, send it in WhatsApp, send it in Messenger, send it in email, send it by Pigeon Post. Um, because it's really cool and we may be able to continue doing this if we can grow our listenership. Enjoy it, folks. Chat later. Bye. It's your phone that's making noise. Testing fuck one, fuck two. It's fucking fuck off. Testing fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> now we're around. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, what are we talking about today? Uh, week four. <laughs> and you're still not listening. <laughs> no, but nobody's listening because we still, this is week four, but we oh, haven't yeah. even put the fucking thing out yet. Oh, yeah, we will. Okay. Oh. Um, uh, we we had such a good talk this morning here. I'm staying at Mary's. We, I'm all talked out now. Oh yeah, Oxford's here in mine, looking out at the sugar love. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Week, second week in a row. Um, no thoughts, which are good. That's good. As in, it? no, I don't mean bad thoughts. I mean no thoughts. <laughs> bad thoughts. Bad thoughts are always good. No thoughts. That, <laughs> no thoughts that are good. I like the way the clouds are hovering top, over yes. the sugar off. The highest mountain in the area. <laughs> All 300 metres of it. It's tiny, really, isn't it, compared, <laughs> it is, to, yeah. mountains compared to mountains elsewhere. Anyway. <laughs> Good gig in the Whale Theatre last night. We had a great gig in the Whale Theatre last night. People loved us and loved you and loved me and you together. And uh, Did we love ourselves, though? That's an issue. <laughs> it's always an issue. I, I'm, yeah... Um, I know that we're in this business because we seek um, attention and, and what, what do you call it? Come here, it's kind of sad, but we do. It's I realised that last night about what? myself. A, a lady, lady said Only to me... Only now, you fucking realised no, that. I was kind of feeling whatever way, and then this lady said outside, you were absolutely amazing, and this feeling washed over me of, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> we seek uh, uh, people in the music business and well, people in entertainment industry, generally speaking, I think need um, to feel, uh, you know, uh, more than other people need to feel loved or fucking, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Authenticated, whatever, you know. Yeah, I had very feel, mixed feelings. What is the fucking word? Feel, they need to feel validated. Oh, yeah. Validation. But I, I had mixed. I was feeling weird last night in general, and I, I often do at gigs. And um, afterwards, I felt odd about everything, just personally in my own head. And when she said that to me, I had mixed feelings of yay and ooh, ooh, because I was kind of going shit. This is what I'm relying on. Yet, even though, even after she relying said on it, the validation of yeah, strangers. well, even after she said it, it washed over me. 
It, it was a moment of yay, and then it just I could feel it dissipating uh, as quick do. as she said. <laughs> that's what we do to ourselves, though, you know? I mean, I'm going to take these headphones off. Anyway, yeah. We so we're, we're on a little Zoom recorder this week. I don't know if the sound quality is going to be <clears> as good. But um, we're going to, it'll be, if it's not as good, we'll go back to the standard way next week. It's just because I was travelling and I didn't want to put all the shit in the car. That's all right. It's basically... I never shit in the kind car. Of, kind of being lazy. But... Um, you didn't get that. Come here, we, just to stay on that mad topic of validation and how a head goes at a gig. Because when we came back here last night, we had an interesting and honest chat about how your head perceives the gig to be when you're on the stage in comparison to how others perceive it. And we were kind of saying last night was lovely, but there was out of 90 people, there was two or three drinking and being a bit loud. OK. Yeah. And I, I said that for me, that kind of makes me just zoom in on them. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of judge the whole crowd then sometimes on that because they're the strongest force in the room. <clears throat> did that make sense? Well, you know, it made sense because I did a, a really nice gig there. Um, a while ago in, uh, I suppose I won't say where, well, it was in Kilkenny, but it was, it was a really beautiful theatre and we were, it was a completely silent sit-down gig. And I had a, a wonderful person supporting me um, as guest guest artist, uh, Tracy, um, Tracy Bruin from Galway. And, like, they just never shut up. Like, you know, I mean, they did, a, a lot of them was did. Was it drink? A lot of them did, but there was no drink in the theatre. No, but were they drunk? I'm not sure what was going on, but okay. I know that when I went out on stage, um, there were and I had met these people beforehand, and they were all very excited to come to the gig, and they had travelled a great distance. Um, excited slash drunk. <coughs> they were very excited. <laughs> Don't be putting words in my mouth. You're not listening to me. And anyway, they came in, and there was um, a lot of them. They were all men, and they were spread across the front row, and there was an aisle in the middle of them, but it didn't stop them talking over and back to each other across the centre aisle, oh, if you know what I mean. So I got to yeah. Love and Tears Apart, and, um, which is kind of a song that people find very emotionally um, triggering. Is that the new word, triggering? And a yeah, lot of people, and it's, it's heavy. Your version too is slow and haunting cry. compared to that original pop. A lot of people cry, and your man started roaring in the middle of it, so I just stopped. He started crying. I asked him to leave. No, he didn't. He started singing the song ah. louder and louder. I remember the... What was the name of the band? The, you know... The band Joy was, Division. Joy Division. Joy Division, he starts singing, ah, you know. Uh, and I just had to like, stop this, uh, the gig and ask them to leave. I've never done that before. Wow. I've never asked people to leave a gig. I said, I can't. I'm sorry. I've, I, this is the sixth song in or something, and I can't stand it. So, I was um, saying to you and John last night, I'm close <laughs> to the point of being at a gig and actually just going to the people who do that. Look, please. But I, I always find that if I do that, it's going to come out quite angry. And it's not going to look good. Well, I, I was hurt. There's no, was, there's no I, great way of doing it from the stage, I find. Well, I, I had to do it anyway. Well, you're but right. I could see that people were really upset. And everybody had paid the same amount of money in. Yeah, that's to do the, the problem. Yeah. That, like, that's what I'm saying with last night. It was a wonderful gig, and I had to get my perspective on it right at the end of the night. But because them few people were kind of boisterous, I find them kind of people in everyday life intimidating anyway. And when they were there, then I said to you and John, I was like, but there was all these other people there sitting silently watching. Beautiful people. And yeah, we I don't mean, know yeah. what way they perceive the gig is in. Like, there could have been a bunch of them sitting there just going, this is kind of change in my life at the minute. I've been in this awful place. And I'm after doing a full... But they, they're quiet and they're sitting there, so you're never going to know. Compared to the one <laughs> shouting, Caledonia! I know. <laughs> 
I know, yeah, but sure. Every, people come to the gig, well, my gig, now they know what to expect, more or less. And generally, I'd say 99% of the people are very respectful and very... But have you, you know, gotten a good in your head at this point? Yeah. Are you good at going, like them Caledonia people and the kind of boisterous ones, are you good at going, okay, that's three out of 100 people? Are you good at still kind of just... But are you good at mentally kind of just still singing your song, closing your eyes and getting, oh, yeah. and getting lost in the song? Yeah. Because I don't, I get, I st- I'm thinking about them, which oh, kills no, me. I, yeah, no, no, I don't do that anymore. Yeah, I need to train myself out of that. Yeah, just, well, I mean, I, I answered the people back. I mean, you know, they asked me to sing Caledonia and I just said that I wasn't Mary Black or something. Yeah. Wrong gig. Uh, so anyway... But you get that a lot. But there you go. Um, it's just it's a mad game being up on that stage. I find. I mean, you know what? Though, it's different. I did a support act for you last night, so they're always a bit trickier. I find. Are, yeah. I find when you're doing your own gig, you get into it more as the night yeah, goes yeah. on. Anyway, well, you're and, in, and and you're more control. <coughs> more control. You're more invested in whatever. Yeah. Well. Now you sang a song last night that I hadn't heard before, and I was blown away by it. I told you called "Like a Leaf." Oh yeah, Fuck. "Leaf from a Tree." Mark Nevin song. It was on album night. 2000 no 1999 so, uh, every now and then I hear 80, a song 80, 89 that, uh, oh, really? <gasps> so that is let me see I'm 43 it's very old. I was born in 80 so that's that stop is. okay that's enough of that calculations <laughs> thank you very much but come here you know I often go off songs and off music because I lose faith in a little and then I hear a song like that last night and you see I was one of the people sitting in the crowd silently and that song Blew you away. Would probably give me a few weeks of having kind of reignited my belief in songs and writing. Oh, yeah. And with the ones we've been listening to this morning. Oh, let the cat try to get in. Can't let the cat in. Oh, Jesus. Let the cat in. Should we pause the... No. The, okay, people are... are yeah, okay. Just I suppose two. we've invited... Come on in, buddy. <laughs> we've invited you in yeah. to our lives What's anyway. What's that cat's name? That's, I call him Tom. He's called Splash. He's called what? Splash. His, his regular name is Splash, but I call him Tom. Hey, Splash. He's got an interesting colour in the black marks. Yeah. And then the other cat's, what, what's the other cat's name? The Her name co- is Mishka, yeah. Mishka. Yeah. Hi, Mishka. She's always there, yeah. Uh, I've been a day away from home and I miss my cat. I know, I mean, of course. I really don't have a life. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a big problem because I'm going on tour on Monday. Oh, yeah, do you, get, do you get anxiety about leaving pets? I'm getting anxiety at the moment about all the clothes that are laying on the bed waiting to be folded oh, and ironed and get into a suitcase. Just generally leaving anxiety. It's but the, it's about the cats and the dog, Connie. Oh, yeah. Connie, Connie knows. She Connie sees does. the suitcase coming out. Connie is singing, freaks. don't go away. I'm here all alone. Well, you know, that's why Connie is, our, you know, she thinks I'm her mother. Oh, yeah. I took her Same as a baby. Cat. They up think I'm a cat because the was in the house. And the long journey me. up from Galway, <laughs> and I had the little pet bed. And she sat in the front, all the way up beside me, strapped in, and she just looks at me. She, I mean, she follows me everywhere. I and think when, the, when 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 I go away, she gets very upset. But I think the thing with going see, for me, I've been at home for the last number of weeks, kind of pretty much all the time. So you get kind of. Um, it's almost like institu- I get institutionalised within the four walls of the house. With cats? Just so they're the part of the house. So like when I'm actually leaving and I haven't left for five or six weeks, I get really nervous. But then once I'm away like a day or so, I start to relax. Of course. It'd be the same with you when you go to England. You're shitting it going. And yeah, when well, like, I was going to Australia this time, it was the Oh, worst I remember ever. you going, yeah, that was horrible. Because if I, I've never been to Australia. If I was going to Australia... It would be weeks of anxiety. And <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be meeting people on the street and they go, you must be so excited. And I'd be just 
frozen in fear and not even knowing how to answer them. Well, it's because I haven't been... I mean, that trip to Australia was the, the... No, the whole COVID, first of all, was the longest I've ever been at home since 1985. The whole... Oh, yeah. yeah, all of that time. I've, I've never been home that long. I mean, there was two full years of not being away at all, at all, oh, at all. Yeah. I guess so we got very, us, yeah. I got nice very splash. attached to the cats and the dog yeah, yeah. and the kids. And I mean, not you know, I'm attached to the kids. You know, you just become splash. You become attached to stuff, and uh, I was yeah. But anyways, I sure I was away and I was having a ball, and there you go. So I said to Barry, who's my bass player, who comes here when I go away. Well, Barry minds the pets. He minds the pets. Does he? And I said to him. Um, a few weeks ago, I said, "Will you come out to the house and mind the Connie and the cats while I'm away?" He's sure I'm coming with you. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so I forgot. If I live closer, I'd come yeah. mind Connie and Mishka, wouldn't I? Yeah. Well, there you go. So. Hey, how you doing, Splash? You coming up? Does Splash come up on laps? Oh, well, he does. Yeah. Come on, Splash. Oh, he just can, his can paws he not fucking you. jump? No. He dig his paws into. I don't one. mind that. My cat Tom does that. Here, Splash, come up. Come on. We can't do this on a podcast. We can, of course. Oh, can we? Pod, okay. it's, this is a podcast. <laughs> a podcast. Take off, cat. Hey, podcast. Oh, look at the origins of her. Oh, him. Um, anyway. Yeah, come here. Another thing I just wanted to talk about. I want to talk about loads of crap. But, well, um, I talk about anything. You don't talk about anything. I must get I must get a list of stuff to talk about. Well, I'm the one who writes the list down and prompts if the people must know how the magic of this podcast works. Okay, Because yeah. it seems so well oiled. I'm going to get my own prompts for the next one. Get, you write them down during the week, I that's know, what I, I do. I think about them and then I do forget. It was, well, to be honest, it was only yesterday that I did uh, started writing down stuff. But I managed to write down a lot because I was hanging out with you yesterday. And um, one of the cool things that we were looking at there on your Twitter is that photograph you put up. Oh my God. Of you leaving home at the age of 17. I did my leaving search, yeah. Packed the it's bag. It's a gorgeous photo. Yeah, it's... I don't know why people... Um, I three hundred three hundred thousand people looked at it. Um, I saw this morning. That's how Our many views. What? And it had something like um over three thousand likes and, and retweets and everything. Yeah. But it's a fab. If you haven't seen it, it's on Mary's Twitter, and she's standing mm-hmm. up on the side of the road with the Tom outside Galway and um, past Marlin Park. Yeah, and you've got your little sleeping bag like an old tramp. A sleep bag on the the floor beside me. You see in the old... And a bag on my shoulders and that was it. No haversack, nothing. And we hitched a ride to myself and my friend Vicky Remez, whom I met in Galway. She lives in Chicago. And um, I went back to see her um, when I was 60. After my heart uh, episode, you're not allowed to call it an attack anymore. After my heart event... No. After my heart event... Event? Event, I decided... Heart festival. My heart festival... (laughs) Festive heart, <laughs> which I've written a song about. You wrote a song about your heart festival. Yeah, no, about my heart, my heart event. What's the song? I sent you the words last week, you okay. Dorcas. Anyway, um, I sent. Um, I I went. I decided. Splash, I, get down. I I decided. I'd go, Ow! I go and see. Motherfucker. <laughs> so, so, well, he wants to run. So much for liking cats. <laughs> he just wants to run. So I sent. Uh, I decided after that. I would go and catch up with a few people that I hadn't seen for years. So I went to see my friend Sarah Shallow. She lived at Mickey Finn in Galway for like, I don't know, a very, very long time. Mickey Finn, the... Fiddler. The drink. The drink. And then I went to see Vicky, whom I actually left home with. And she, um, 
was on a vacation in Galway and I don't know how I was busking or and I wasn't busking I was collecting for some buskers in Galway and uh, she stopped to chat and we became friends and she was going to Dublin to um, to fly back to America so I hitched a ride to uh, Dublin with her and I got the ferry to uh, London I stayed with friends for a few nights in Dublin and then I got the old uh, the boat to London and the boat and the train how long did you stay over there? Um, I was there for the best part of two years, but um, the funniest thing, I have to tell you a funny thing, the first thing I did, I mean, this is so stupid, I got off the ferry in Hollyhead, and we were getting the train then to London, I went in to, we had a time to wait, and it was just full of Irish people going to London, mm. it was 1978, maybe, before, no, 73 or 74, I, do, I can't do the math, okay. and anyways, I went into a shop, to have a look at a Playboy magazine. You'd never seen them before. How would I have seen them? Yeah, in I'd London. I've never heard about them. In 70, so did, yeah. In, in the, the high head, to have a look at it. I was looking at all the, the magazines on the top shelf, you know, and then I had to run back out and get through. I didn't buy one. And like looking up at them at that age, leaving Ireland, did it almost seem like, how did you look at them and go, oh, I shouldn't be looking at these? Or were you looking at them going, no, wow, this is a whole say, other world. This is a whole other world, yeah. Because there was talk about them being banned and everything in Ireland. Yeah, so that's a big deal. And it was a big, big deal, you know. And I just wanted to see um, perhaps what other women looked like. Uh, anyway. Yeah, and also... And then I began like, to feel more inferior straight away. Oh, well, <laughs> but I, I got on the train to... Nothing, um, nothing's changed there with our Instagram and all yeah. of that stuff. It's got gotten on, worse. got on the train to Euston Station and... Uh, Jesus, I can't, I can't believe I did that when I was that age. 17, yeah. Off, and then started the whole, you know, second part of my life, you know. And didn't somebody write up on, I saw a few replies, and one man wrote up, I have a daughter that age, I would, you know, I'd be so worried if she... Steve Maul did. Steve, Steve wasn't from it? The Stunning, yeah. yeah. So it goes to show, you know, the difference now, isn't it? Like... Uh, sure my parents were in an awful state, but sure. But I remember even, and I was born in the 80s, so grew up in the 80s and 90s. I remember, you know, in the early 90s, I was 13 or 14, waddling down to the dentist on my own and they pulling teeth without any kind of like asking the parents which one to pull and spitting blood going back up the oh. road home. Well, you know, like nowadays, they'd bring the whole family and <laughs> cushion them. Have a family, family experience. Well, like, I mean... Both parents would nearly bring a 13-year-old now to the dentist. They wouldn't let them off on their own. There'd be a lot of conversation about it anyways. But my parents didn't let me go. I ran away. Like I mean, That's why I said I left in inverted commas. Oh, yeah. the post. Um, yeah, it's it's a whole other world. And I mean, from from the day I got to London, um, I've worked. But I worked before I went. I was 12 when I got a job in the GTM in Galway. What's the, what was the GTM? It used to, it turned into, uh, years later, Quinsworth, you know. Oh. Um, but it was the Galway Trading Market, I suppose. Right. It was down Shop Street, the end of Shop Street. It was a big, big enough place. Stacking shelves, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, on the, all through school. We have a lot in common. I did the same in Loch Grey in my uncle's yeah. shop. My, the are. super value from oh, the age yeah, of 15. Yeah. And then, and then um, so I had money in the credit union in Galway. So I withdrew the cash and uh, off I went, you know. And worked. I didn't run off at 17. No. No. I, 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 did, I did run away. From, run. I ran away from home when I was six or seven. Oh, yeah. I got very angry at my parents and I packed a little bag for myself and we had a big long garden. <laughs> and I went, I went up and I hid under a tree. Oh, and geez. about half an hour into it, I told my sister to go get me some food. I was hungry. <laughs> and she brought me some food up. And my parents knew where I was, of course. 
<laughs> and then an hour later, I gave up and I came back. I went. I ran away to the China factory. <laughs> what was the China factory? We lived in Merview and um, we had a babysitter, <laughs> Mary Crow was her name. She was wonderful. <laughs> Mammy and Daddy used to go out on Tuesday night to the films, to the films, and they used to go to Leiden's in Galway on Shop mm. Street uh, to get cake afterwards, eclairs, and they'd bring us home a cake between us. But anyways, Mary worked in the China factory, paint making china. Oh yeah, fine china. Fine china. And she has, a, I have a cup somewhere that she made. She made us all a cup. But I <laughs> ran away because I liked her and I went down, I ran away. I don't know how long I was gone, but it was only down the end of the road. Yeah, the, I, that came back to me. Remember as kids, we do that every so often. You'd scream at your parents. I hate you. I'm never coming back. back yeah. And they'd be like, okay. Bye. But, <laughs> yeah. But I wonder, do kids do that now? No, I don't. I don't know. I think now what they probably do is just give them an iPad and say, here, sit in the corner yeah, for an hour. Yeah, yeah, well, there's a lot of that goes yeah. on. Yeah, I think packing a little bag and hiding <laughs> under a tree is healthier. Yeah. And it's, screaming. Uh, there was somebody on the radio talking about um, healthy ways for children to, uh, I mean, it's a woman, I don't know, I listen, oh, I, listen. I know, yeah. Look, yeah. Healthy ways to manage your anger and showing your children how to manage your anger, because anger is your friend, anger is a good thing. Okay, yeah, but listen. And it tells you, wait, wait a minute. Uh, it tells you when there's something going on that you're not happy with. Yes, yeah, so you shouldn't angry. ignore it. You shouldn't try to like stop a kid from getting just angry. Want to jump up and down and dance. I want to give her a belt. You see, the, tr- the trouble I think with all of this is like no, you can I come up with new philosophies to... and new sciences to, to do this, but them kids when they grow up are still going to be as fucked up as we are. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no answer. It's human nature. Like, I mean, you can't get away from all of this stuff. It's to be keeping up. I mean, every generation uh, brings new uh, challenges, you know, yeah. so it's not a... Who knows? Who knows what's right? Do you know what I mean? Or what's the right thing to do? I certainly don't. And my kids have turned out um, remarkably well for, you know, for, for the life that they had endured with this all on here. So Well, I think every person has done well in the sense for what they've endured from their parents. Yeah. Because it's just, you do pass on stuff and uh, it's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. I did it when I was doing my first ever shamanic uh, workshops and stuff. I um, I had to uh, close my eyes and um, in, in a room and take one step backwards um, and stay there for a little while and walk backwards in my mother's shoes and my grandmother's shoes and my great-grandmother's shoes. And um, now Alton's looking at something on his phone and he's not even listening to me. And I was trying to reference something we were chatting about. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't matter. What should I, I say, so? Sure, I'm not, the name of the podcast is You're Not Listening. But you weren't even listening to no, me. No, because I was checking this. I wasn't listening to you. I know. Now, wait a minute, though, Mary. Let's just back up and touch there. So watch it. About I... in the last... Now, this is the first time, just to let you know, folks, right? So for the last few weeks, Mary has said to me, at every chance she gets... You're not listening. She says, Alton, you're not listening. And what do I do? What? I respond back to you exactly what you were saying to me. I'm not listening. No, I was what? listening. I was listening. And each listening? and every time you try to catch me out... You're not listening to me. I got it, but this is the first time okay, that I was go. not listening. Sooner, there you go. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> For the first time out of 40, so no, that doesn't count. I'm I al- only say it as I'm a allowed joke. I'm allowed one. I only say it as a joke because it's the name of the podcast. But um, anyways, yeah, so I, I learned how to walk backwards in my parents' shoes and see life from their uh, perspective. And which gave me a very uh, a simple exercise like that in a, in a class gave me a lot of understanding. You have to think about what it was like for them growing up, you know. 
so you don't know what I'm talking about unless I don't I, have I, I, no, no, I know what we're back to. We're back to talking <laughs> about... We're still kind of talking about the whole uh, parent passing stuff on and then, you know, it just it's a cycle. Yeah. But the, it, maybe it's improving a little, but maybe not either because life is life. Life is life and cycle. Uh, every every generation, as I said, is different. Yeah. And there's no, different. It, the, the, do you know what? I the, just don't know how. Do you know the reassuring I'm, thing about it all is, don't worry, I have to say, when you remove yourself personally from it, it's not. It's nothing personal ever. It's nobody's fault, should we say. Is that fair to say? Nobody's fault. Like, you know, this thing that's of what I blame learned. and parents. No, that's what I know. learned. Is that what you were just saying there, sorry? Yeah, that's what I learned. Well, then I agree. I had to look at my what my mother would have endured in her life yes. and what what she brought to the table yes and where what she got from her parents absolutely and yeah. what they got from their parents yeah i mean they all and i wrote about it briefly in my book they all had uh unbearably unbearably hard lives yeah uh, something that we could not bear ourselves now yeah you know my grandmother's life was just horrific yeah you know and i know the intimate details of it now yeah and so, i and and my mother grew up in that house and my father grew up in another house that had had serious issues and and then they all come together and then i grew up in that house you know yeah and then i had serious issues and my children grew so up. so it and, sounds you know what i mean it sounds like a cliche but really and truly people are doing the best they can with what they have hopefully they are doing the best they can yeah a lot of people are yeah doing the best they can with what they have yeah, that's an easy way of putting it, but it is a kind of, it is, it's not, it's not get, I'm not getting out of the, the whole, you know, way I abandoned my kids completely to, 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 to the drink, but I, I was doing the best I could for a while and then I could no longer do it anymore. Mm. You know? And I just, I just collapsed. Completely. But people have, everybody has so much trauma from youth, everybody, yeah. that as you grow up anyway, you repress a lot of it and you become not very conscious of what we're doing anyway. Yeah. And that's true of everybody, I think. Yeah, it's only when you go back into it, when you're, when I, when I was, I was on a ventilator in the Matter Hospital, you know, mm. at the end of my drinking. And it was St. Patrick's weekend. And um, all I was thinking of, can you believe it, when I woke up and everything? And I was in the bed and I was looking around me and there was a nurse there and I knew it was St. Patrick's Day and I was like, oh, how the fuck am I going to get out of here and get a drink? Wow. Um, you know, and that's where it had landed me, like, you know. I had um, I'd had a miscarriage in, in Hollis Street and I got a thing called metabo- metabolic acidosis, uh, a kind of a reaction to the uh, anaesthetic. And my um, organs started closing down. So I was carted off from Hollis Street in an ambulance with the sirens blaring up to the matter for... Uh, what age were you? Uh, when I stopped drinking, I was... Um, it, it, oh, Jesus. Sorry, was that the final straw? That was, that the, was, the, that was straw, the, yeah, the yeah. rock bottom. That was the rock bottom, yeah. 31, 32 years ago, yeah. So you, oh, were, you were in your late 30s, mid to late 30, 30, Early 30s, yeah. Early 30s, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I was 35, I think, or 36, yeah. And that was it. <clears throat> so, but I mean... What, what, you, you got know, metabolic, sorry? Mes- metabolic acidosis. What's that? I have no idea, but you can look it Sounds up and Google it. <clears throat> it obviously... I was, I was packing up. So do you, mind, from, do you mind me asking, what, what can you tell me in the lead up to that, what was your routine with drink? What were you drinking? Um, do you mind? No, I, I don't mind. No, I was drinking... Two to three liters of vodka a day. 
over the 24-hour period, I never stopped. I used to bring a pint glass. Was it always vodka? Yeah, I used to bring a pint glass. I used to put ribena in it. Uh, to Two bed. to three litres of vodka. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. Yeah. It's a lot. That was a lot, yeah. And were you at just, were you kind of always on that level then of... <coughs> of oh, some days I was worse. I mean... I were, were you functioning? No, I wasn't. Sometimes I wasn't functioning. I was just like, I mean, it was a, it was a wreck, you know. Um, I remember... Well, I, I give up drink as well in my late 20s and it, I always am very grateful that I was in no shape or form functioning. I like I'd binge drink. I was, yeah. I'd binge drink and I would be slurring and falling around and I was awful to myself and I'd die with hangovers for days. But I often saw people then who drank but functioned and I oh, no. I was so glad I didn't function because it was a lot easier then to to stop in a sense. Well I suppose I functioned for a long time, but I mean like when I was I was married when I was nineteen and I had three children in the space of five years. And I breastfed them all, and we were macrobiotics, and we were whole food freaks. We had ran the whole food co-op in Galway. So, I mean, near a drink touched my lips, you know. It wasn't that. It was about... I was actually addicted to uh, the whole notion of macrobiotic food, and there was always something that I regulated my 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 insides with. Mm. Having babies, I thought I could be better a mother to them. And I would love them more than anybody had ever been loved, and I would breastfeed them. And I, that was the intention. Yeah, natural childbirth and no intervention, no drugs, no, nothing, you know. So I went from so my fall from grace was like even more. I mean, that's the that's where I was. I was writing for a magazine called Into the West about natural childbirth and all. And in birth. your early twenties. Yeah, in God. And you weren't drinking. No. And then... What age did you start drinking then? I had my first gin and tonic when I was 29. What? Yeah, and then by the time I was 31, I was drinking two, three litres a day of, of vodka. Wow, so it was a... You pretty much had a... You had a short life with the booze then, in a sense. Yeah, I was... Well, I mean, no, every Six month, years, seven years? Six or seven years, yeah. But you packed it in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. The night I was 13. No, I mean, a lot of people would drink over, you know, years and years and years and years. And I had drinks when I was a kid. like you Okay, know, but you didn't teenager. have a problem to well, do... Well, more, more psychedelics we were into in oh. those days, you know. And when but you I say, sorry, to... you, you were always trying to... You said something interesting back there when you had the kids and you natural birth and you were going to give them more love than the vet. Yeah. Was that your kind of addiction then at that point? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? You oh, always yeah. had something... Yeah. What do you do now? Sing. <laughs> okay. No, um, I, 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 I don't think. Um, well, um, okay. What do I do now? I kind of have stopped substituting. Um, st- I did come out for cleaning. I mean, I used to clean like you wouldn't believe. Okay. You wouldn't OCD, like OCD, yeah. With the toothbrush, I'd be doing the skirting boards. You know, uh, when I couldn't sleep, I mean, it was unbelievable. Then there was a, a period of shopping. Um, the shoes, shoes. You know, you've seen my shoes. You've seen how many pairs You're, I have. Mary there. showed me her uh, her shoes earlier. There's a lot of shoes. A lot of shoes. That's only some of them. Yeah. They're only the odd shoes. Well, the shoes are um, a lesser evil than um, the shoes are lesser evil than three liters of vodka a day. They are. Yeah. But do you look? I don't do that now either. So just out of interest, do you? Would you look at it as like? You know, saying, would you allow yourself to shoot and go, oh, well, it, it's armless, or the toothbrush at the skirting board, would you be kind of, or would you still see that as a problem? Does it make you feel... Don't do it! 
anymore. No, but like, <laughs> did, did that leave you with the same unease afterwards and shame that drink would have? No, it was maybe because I'm no. Do you know what I mean? Would no, you get no, the guilt no. about oh fuck, I'm after buying five pairs of shoes, hide under a duvet for a day? <laughs> I'm just curious because you know the way the mind works I'd be a bit like that I'd be a bit hard on myself no 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 not like that no <laughs> the shoes were fun. the cleaning was a bit obsessive but, but you're pretty good for like mindfulness uh, like you do a bit of meditation yeah but like not regularly and not no. publicly well you're not addicted to it no I'm not addicted to it this is true can I tell can I tell the listeners about I told you last week and I am laughing at it for two months about Jimmy Higgins telling me about Martin O'Connor, the guardian player. Oh, yeah, they, they were talking about somebody who meditates like all day and is really into it. And Martin must have just, you know, sat back and thought about it for a second. He said, well, it's better than sitting around all day doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, said it to, I, I said it to Jimmy that... Uh, I, I said it to Jimmy that... Um, Sorry, somebody's looking in the window. My daughter, Claire. Claire, sorry, I should have said Claire. I didn't want to identify her. Okay. But um, she, you're going to go out for a second? Yeah, yeah, I'll stay yeah. talking to them. I'll Yeah. Five minutes, Claire. Okay, I, I'm, I've lost my trail of thought. What? Yeah, come in. Come in. My daughter wants sellotape. I'm just going to get sellotape for real. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Yeah, go away. Go on. I, I, I suppose I'd have to edit this. Or else I'll, I'll leave it. It's live. It's live. It's live. So Claire is out, it's outside there. Claire is the girl we spoke about in an early episode who makes the lovely cakes. Yeah, Claire. Um, so of course. Made, are you making cakes today, Claire? Yeah. Are you boxing one? Are you boxing one? I don't know how to do it. Uh, are they fellic? Fel- 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 no. Cactus cake, kind of like a dick. <laughs> Take a picture of it and send it to us. Uh. <laughs> um, Claire, that's Ca- like... a cactus cake would be like a. It's like a dick. Well, there are many prick. forms of cactus. A dick with pricks in it. Ever just shut up? <laughs> a dick with pricks. Dicks on the bread. A, a dick with pricks in it. Packs. <laughs> Do you know? Have you ever seen the dick ad on New Zealand? Uh, the ad for dick uh, cleaner. It's really oh, yes, yeah, they really pronounce it pronounced a dick. Oh, dick prayer. Oh, I'm yeah, going to yeah. clean my dick prayer. <laughs> oh, I'm pushing up nice. <laughs> Put some oil on my dick prayer. When I went to New Zealand first, I got a booklet from the organisers of the festival, the New Zealand Arts Festival. And it, uh, it was uh, a list of 20 words that you might not recognise, even though you did speak English. Cods and ducks. Okay, just the accent, is it? Yeah, the accent, yeah. It's really funny. And they had it printed onto a T-shirt for me as well when I got there. It was really funny. The Kiwi accent is a bit stronger than the Aussie one, isn't it, in that sense? Oh, Tilsbury, aye. Some of them are tricky to understand. I live with one, so we kind of... Well, he takes the piss out of my accent. I kind of take the piss out of his. Depending on the humour that we have. I think the Kiwis, though, the Irish have a lot in common as well. Well, they're all right. His name is John Kelly. Yeah. (laughs) John Kelly. Uh, There's a reason for that. Family came half his family came from Anadown. So any any New Zealand Kiwis I've met, I've always kind of found an immediate kind of ooh, you seem familiar. It's a, I, I really do think uh, the, the 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 it's gonna all come out now. Where the the whole unconscious of the world, the whole connectivity of every being sharing the same DNA. 
on on the earth. We all, you know what I mean, that kind of collective consciousness or whatever you call it. Uh, yeah, but what if you met somebody from Austria? Well, they're part of it too, you know. <laughs> I'm joking. I just I remember oh, yeah, being yeah. in Vienna and I didn't feel that kind of like, hey, these people seem very familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, nothing moving, wrong with them. I'm sorry, but you know, just moving right along. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I do remember. I I worked a lot with Ivor Brown and um the, the great 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 man uh, psychiatrist, and um. You know, he he would have asked me a lot of questions to 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 ponder, um, and I I wrote a song in my little green copy book there, Elton, and he 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 was trying to to show me that because I was nervous when I met John, I'm going to do it all again, you know, because I've always ended up with men that were <clears throat> who one way or another like abused me, you know, mm. always, 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 always. And I, that was the pattern. And that was my pattern as well, you know, looking for, you know, that was the only thing I knew. And it would have been like, uh, betrayed me, you know, um, betrayed me or whatever, you know. And I was, he, so he said, okay, so he said, um, he said, you have to say that John is not that person. John is not, you know. You had to say that. I had to say that. You have to, this is a, a new thing and I have, I'm, I'm no longer in addiction. And I know so much more about myself now. Yeah, you've changed. I've changed. You've Which grown. doesn't stop you from getting dragged in. like. You know no, what I mean? but you've changed and your awareness has grown. My awareness has grown. But he said, what was, and your awareness. What was, what Consciousness. Was, when did you realise that you were... Um, what was it, you know? <clears throat> and as we have grown together over the past 20 years, I have discovered that he's exactly like myself. You know, it's the strangest thing. I just saw him, he, he walked up to me and I was doing a show, sold out for three nights in a huge theatre in, in, for the Arts Festival. And he said, I'm, I'm your lighting guy. He said, what do you like? And I said, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I just remember him walking the whole length of the Great Hall, which is where we were doing the gig. And he looked really dejected. And it's because I kind of, I didn't care what the lights looked like. So you know what what did, I mean? when you saw him coming towards you, did you feel like you saw yourself in a sense or something yeah. very similar? And, and, then, and uh, that was the connection. Yeah, and that was it. And then, so like, that's interesting. That, so that, that doesn't really... And then really... when he turned around and I looked at him walking away, I felt such compassion. And I, I knew that I'd hurt, I'd hurt him because I kind of... You said, I, I don't care. I was trying to learn a whole new set with a new group of musicians, and my concentration was... I never met these guys, and they set me up with them. And you we didn't, had you week, didn't care about the lights. We had to work a week. We had four days rehearsals to do the entire Billy Holiday show okay. with people I'd never met. So I was dealing with that, and he was really into doing the lights because there was an awful lot of cues. Because mm. there was images of Billy Holiday, there was a guy narrating the show, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and he, what do you like? He asked me. And and as I know now, it took an awful lot for him because he's so shy and you know him too. Yeah. It took an awful lot. Lovely I guy, by the way. I'm so fond of John. He took so much for him to walk across the whole room and ask me in front of everybody else. And I said, I don't give a fuck what the lights look like, really, you know? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying, I didn't even say I'm sorry, I'm trying to do yeah, this here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't, he, he just 
took it on board. Like we've been talking about earlier, being being vulnerable and being yeah. like feeling worthless and even I, after. So I then saw him walking across the room. This is what I would say. And he said, okay, he said, this is where you always have to go when you have, when you feel anger or something. This is, this is the compassion. This is where you have to go back to mm. for, for everybody. And I just like, yeah. And then we were together and uh, spent the rest of the week chasing him. <laughs> yeah. So, interesting. Very not interesting. Not man. <laughs> but that's probably why I, I always says, said to you as well, since I met John, I always said, I really, like, I feel like I connect with John. Every time I meet him and I might not see him for a couple of years, it's just immediately easy and fun, you know, and similar view. So I'm probably in the same boat as you and him with the whole... If I walked across the room, I'd walk away like, oh, fuck, that's to- take a totally yeah. projection. Yeah. <laughs> and in a way, though, I spent a couple of years then, because my guilt was so great, like kind of trying to compensate for that, which is not healthy easier. We, we got into it. Anyways, we're not talking about that. No, but I was going to um, just to not... De- but it de- is de- the de- way... Devil's advocate, though, can sometimes two people in a similar thing then, though, be a bad mix because... Each person keeps getting this feeling of, oh, be careful what we say and do because we're going to keep hurting each other. So that can be a bit tricky to navigate too. But that is a real learning experience, which I never had. And when I was writing the last, some of the songs on the last album of Pete Lannister, he was, and one of the songs, he said, if you had known, uh, if you had talked to your first husband, Fintan, Mm. at the age of 24, when I had three children, if we had talked to each other about what had happened in our past mm. and if we had been honest and open and worked through it, do you think, you know, would have worked? Okay. I never waited. I ran. Yes. I put the kids in the car and ran. Very young, though. Very, and I very did young. the same thing with Frank, you know, with, the, with you know, my second husband. Mm. I, I've always done the same thing. Run. Just run. So with John, I stayed. I had, I was in recovery. I had a lot of an awful lot. She says, I must be more, have had more therapy than Woody Allen. But um, it's always been... Not a great it, comparison, but anyway, keep going. It's always in a different, it's always at a different stage when I ask, you know, different people to work through something, you know, with, you know. Mm. And Ivor Brown was the last time we did a lot of regression therapy and stuff. And I learned, uh, I was two years doing that stuff, you know, a little over two years. And that was... Um, Amazing. I wrote Woman Undone after that. I used to sit in the car outside afterwards with my copybook and I used to speak into the phone. I still have all recordings. The voice memos. <clears throat> yeah, of all of that stuff. Um, look back on them an odd time and ooh, they're hard, but there you go. Well, you have it done now. You don't need to look back on it. I was wondering as well, just as you were saying that, um, do you also believe opposite the track then, which was is often no. the... Um, the thing we're told, isn't it? You know, you don't think so? No, he's just attracted to what you know. Really? And why would you person. think that opposites do not attract then in reality? <clears throat> I, I don't know. They say it, but I, I just, I feel and I, and, and I know for me that it may not be at once obvious, but that you're attracted to something that you know deeply within yourself. Okay. That you share something with that There's person. a familiarity, yeah. Yeah. Because it, 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 it does make sense. That's that, what the song in the Green Book is about. No. It does make sense that opposites, like if, if you know, one person's kind of lying in bed having an existential thing and the other is up uh, polishing their shoes, getting ready to go out and just do the real societal things that both parties would be like, I feel totally disconnected from you. And where do you come together? 
I couldn't live with somebody like that. Yeah. Just, it's all interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, um... Yeah, but like that, not, I mean, and, and there are people who work um, their whole lives and never think about such things. People who are married and have children and people who go through their whole lives and never think about the stuff that we're talking about. Oh, no. Obviously, there's no. no there's no reason to do it. They've never had a crisis, maybe, or, you know, I have no, I don't know. What do you believe was. there's people who have never had a crisis? No. But I do believe there are people who have never acknowledged they've had a crisis. Yeah, there you go. Well said. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we're all fucked. <laughs> um, the ones who have never acknowledged the crisis, that scares the bejesus out of me. I've yeah. seen it. We've all seen it. We know people. That to me is so terrifying. That kind of just, let's brush over this. It's um, so destructive. My it's kids, so much more destructive than the one that has the breakdown or the ones yeah, yeah. who just put it out there, you know? My it's, kids have a saying for this is, oh my God, that guy's head is so far up his arse. Is that? You know, that's what they That's say. relating to that, okay. Yeah. yeah. They, they know people, I mean. And you usually would say that about somebody who <laughs> we perceive to be an asshole. You wouldn't say. You would. Like, usually, oh, your head is up his ass. It's like... A, no, but he's just so far up that they don't want to confront anything. Yeah, but they usually kind of have this bold exterior and, and bold this exterior. kind of and, loud... But they're very, and, very dependent and boisterous on... Boisterous, maybe, or... Uh, very, very dependent on, on getting gratification from, from other sources and other people. That sounds like us earlier. Yeah, but it's... A, yeah, but it's in a slightly different way. It's in a very different way, I'd hope. Oh, yeah, I think so. Is it? Oh, yeah, fuck. no, no, it is. Yeah. Who knows? Or, no, no, it Maybe is. Maybe that does. My no, head is so no. far up my arse. No, no. No. <laughs> we're kind of managing it through what we're doing, you know. Anyway. Yeah, I, well, I, also just on that point, I think there's, there's two kind of people too. I think there's the people who either, um, these are my kind of people, the people who get hurt and they bombast themselves with it <laughs> or the people get hurt and they bombast other people other people they're I'm bombastic much, I much prefer the other baiting yeah, ourselves up yeah. <laughs> that's they're, they're my they're my my people we 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 we, we should do a we, we should do a song oh let's do a song can we do okay. a wee card like mine oh let's do a wee card now the song might be amazing but this is a podcast uh, with two musicians and we talk a lot so we should probably do a song can you sit on that chair and play the guitar? Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Guys, sound doesn't matter anyway. It's, you listen for what's going on with the whole... Uh, the What's, you know... Sorry, what am I trying to say? I don't know. We're just... We're, yeah, we're going to do something that we know something how to do, really. <laughs> <laughs> we know how to do this. We bad, know how to do this, okay. Bad sound, but, but with good intentions. We don't know how bad the sound is. We haven't heard it yet. Go on. Horse it out. Bye. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. This oh, this is all cool. Okay, bye. We leave you with this. Lover, please don't leave me. I'm a good man. Can feel myself turning to put the wind at my back. The sun on my face Lover won't you hold me For the rest of my days I ache and I tremble 
with each move I make, each move I make. Loneliness has been all I've known throughout my time. Your love is unbearable on a weak heart like mine. Laura, I've been out walking the streets of my mind in search of an answer, but no truth could I find, and no peace of mind. Then you draw me closer. My chest is on fire Oh, it burns from within Your skin on my skin Loneliness has been all I've known Throughout my time And your love is unbearable a weak heart like mine Loneliness is when alone Throughout my time your love is electrifying on a weak heart like mine on a weak heart like mine